When you're a jet, you're the swingin' a sling. Little boy, you're a man. Little man, you're a king. The jets are in gear. Our cylinders are clinkin'. The shots will steer clear. Cause every Puerto Rican's a lousy checker. Here come the jets like a bat out of Oh my. Oh my. Every Puerto Rican is a lousy chicken. Hello there, this is A.D. Robles, and you're listening to A.D. on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Alright, alright, well today we started off with a little bit of a clip from the musical The West Side Story. That was one of the first musicals I ever saw. I, was, I thought it was pretty weird when I saw it. I saw it as a young, young boy, and uh... I thought it was weird because there's like a fight scene in this. It's like two gangs, right? You got the white gang and you got the Puerto Rican gang. And they don't like each other. It's basically like, you know, like a Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. Anyway, uh, and they're fighting. And they got they got their blades, you know. They got their switch blades out. And they're fighting, but they're like dancing at the same time. I thought that was, always thought that was so bizarre. But, um, but you know, I'm a big softie. I, I like musicals. I think they're, they're often pretty cool. I mean, it's... The production and the the music and the singing and it's all live. I, I find that to be very interesting. I don't really like movie musicals quite as much. It's not that impressive. But uh, when you go to a musical, I went to Guys and Dolls a couple years ago. That's awesome, awesome. Anyway, I wanted to start off today with this clip because it's 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 interesting because you know when we see this clip, we can we can tell that you know there's there's some you might we say elements of racism here <laughs> elements of racism right this is white gang a bunch of hip swinging dudes are the swingingest things and they're uh they're saying something about puerto ricans how they're all lousy chickens now i would imagine back in the day that was probably a very serious insult today i don't know if i would take offense at that um but 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 it, it got me thinking about something and there's sort of like this this general idea that we that we all have that you know if somebody of another ethnicity insults my ethnicity and they say that Puerto Ricans they're just lousy chickens that's not that's off limits like you can't do that right like like you know, like like a like the swingingest white gang can't call every Puerto Rican a lousy chicken um, that's racist and we, we don't like that it kind of we kind of bristle at that and I, I in some some ways I kind of understand. But there's also sort of like this unwritten rule that like if you are of that ethnicity, then you can kind of self-deprecate a little bit your own ethnicity. You know what I mean? And, and this kind of works itself out in a variety of different ways. So if I were to say something about Puerto Ricans and I would say something like this, <clears throat> Puerto Rican fathers need to step up. Puerto Ricans need to step up and start taking care of their families, providing for their own and start following God. Start following Christ. Taking His law seriously. Enough of this, this charismatic nonsense that you're getting involved in, where everyone thinks they speak for God, and everyone's got this machismo that's not uh, under any kind of authority and all that kind of stuff. Puerto Ricans need to step up, stop offing each other, and follow. Go to find a good church and take care of your family. If I were to say something like that, which is something I might say from time to time, it would be okay because I'm Puerto Rican. Now. That's debatable that it would be okay. I think some people might still uh, call that racist because I don't have the approved, you know, on the plantation, so to speak, uh, opinion. So, uh, you know, a lot of people call me white supremacist and stuff like that. They might still think that's white supremacist. 
But the point is that there's sort of like this unwritten rule where, look, if you're of the right ethnicity, if you're of the same ethnicity, you can criticize your ethnicity. But if you're not, if you're a swingingest thing, you know, white jet, uh, then you can't criticize the other ethnicity. But here's the thing, though. There's, there's a very serious inconsistency here. There's a very serious inconsistency here because there's an exception to this rule. And the exception to this rule, as far as I can tell, is white people. You can criticize white people all day long, and you might hear a few people say, hey, that's racist, but nobody's going to take you seriously. Nobody's going to take you seriously. No one's going to no one's going to, to, to rush to the, the white's defense and things like that. And, and, and listen, I'm not saying that you have to, but there do, does seem to be an inconsistency here. Let me, let me show you what I mean. I just t- typed in on my uh, Twitter uh, in, in the search tab. The Twitter search tab is a very useful function, I find. Anyway, I just typed in the word whiteness, right? Whiteness. And here's the first uh, tweet that comes up. It's from a Christian, a professed Christian. And he says this, he says, I've won four Dove Awards as a producer. After Mike Brown, I began to see that the Christian music industry was an apparatus propped up by whiteness and nationalism. That's when I started my transition out of that world. The racism ran too deep. Glad to see Kirk Franklin speak out. Now, this guy, Alex, is unironically complaining about racism all while he decries whiteness. I mean, for us normies, we, we, we see the instant, you know, problem there. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, he's upset about racism at the same, in the same sentence as he's complaining about whiteness. Very, very interesting. Here's a, uh, a tweet uh, that I saw retweeted by someone that I follow, and it's about a New York Times article that it describes a, uh, a situation where there were two Indians, you know, like not like, not like Native Americans, but like... Uh, Indians from India, you know, Indians, two Indians that uh, attacked uh, some, in some way, some some black girls uh, uh, in New Jersey at, at some kind of uh, an event or something like that. I think it was like a football game. Anyway, um, this there's a New York Times op-ed that says that these two Indian boys uh, were enacting American whiteness, whiteness. And the idea here is that whiteness is everything evil. And so if you do something evil, whether you're black, Puerto Rican, Indian, Native American, Chinese, Asian in any way, you know, from Antarctica, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like if you're doing something evil, that's whiteness. And whiteness evolves depending on the circumstance. Whiteness is essentially anything bad. Anything bad, everything, you've seen the meme, everything I don't like is Hitler. Well, we have a situation where a lot of people believe that everything they don't like is whiteness. Very, very interesting. Here's another one, whiteness. Science is a projection of whiteness. Whiteness is science. So if you, if you study science and you take it seriously, well, what you're doing is you're using an apparatus of whiteness. Mathematics is whiteness as well. So if you're a mathematician, you're basically a prophet of whiteness. It's very interesting. So, so let me just say this in you know, as uncertain terms as possible. You know what I mean? Because, because here's the thing. Like, I don't have a problem. Like, I, I've, I, I listen to comedians that tell racist jokes from time to time. You know, ever listen to Dave Chappelle's, uh, one of his, when, he, when he was first breaking out, right, he had a 
he had a, a, a an event. I think it was called Killing Me Softly, if I'm not mistaken. I might be mistaken. But anyway, um, there's there's a bunch of racist stuff in there. But he's black. He can he can talk about black people. If you remember Chris Rock, he had his uh, his uh, famous uh, sketch where he talked about. Uh, well, I can't say the word because I'd get in trouble. Anyway, so like this is the thing. Like I, I listen to that stuff and I laugh at I laugh at that kind of stuff because it's 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 quite funny. Uh, I used to listen to Jean Leguizamo. He was he would uh, he would you know make fun of Puerto Ricans all the time. That's funny. Um, and so I don't have a problem with this kind of stuff. You know, from time to time, you know, there there there's there's room for 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 making these kinds of uh, observations in a funny way. But but the reality is this whiteness kind of thing is really insidious because it is the I mean, right now we're in a situation where, where an entire color of people, an entire entire race of people, is essentially the burden has been they're they're bearing the burden of basically being the avatar for evil. Whiteness is the avatar for evil, and so the reality is that that we can we can listen to unbelievers joke about these kinds of things, and and we can laugh at them, and we can say, oh, there's an element of truth there, or something like that. That's that's fine. I don't have any gripe with you. I mean, we listen. We've all had friends that uh, say you know borderline ins- racially insensitive things, and we can still be their friend. I mean, it's not the it's not the end of the world, right? It's not the end of the world. It's not the unforgivable sin and all that kind of stuff. But but let me just get one thing straight here. Let me get one thing straight. Christianity, as far as the doctrine of man is concerned, I mean, we have two races. We know this. This is basic. You've got uh, a man that's in Adam. We've got a man that's in Christ, and you're either one or the other. You're in Christ or you're in Adam. And we all have the same grounds of our justification. We all uh, have the same uh, grounds of our reconciliation with God. And that's Christ's righteousness, right? So we might be different, we might have diversity, but uh, we're one body, we're, we're, we're in Christ, right? So as Christians, if you have a teacher, and I'm just gonna, let me just say this. If you have a teacher or, 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 or uh, you know, a conference speaker or an author or a Twitter user, a tweeter, and they're talking about whiteness a lot, and they're using it in a very similar way to I'm using it, where essentially whiteness becomes the avatar of evil, right? Whiteness. If it, I, you, you'd have to be insane to continue to take what they have to say seriously regarding racial reconciliation, regarding morality, regarding ethics, regarding almost anything, because they have such a fundamental worldview problem. Whiteness is not the avatar for evil. Whiteness is not the enemy. Whiteness is not the accuser. Okay, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, like you would all see it if I said that blackness was the enemy, and you can see the evidence of blackness being the enemy is if you look at the murder rates in the United States, well, black people are committing the lion's share percentage-wise. If I, you look at you look at you look at the, the 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 amount of children that are killed in the womb, well, that's black people. That's a black problem. You see, this if I said something like that, you would see it instantly, man, dude. You're a racist. You know what I mean? Oh, that's a black problem. Yeah, that's blackness. Blackness is blackness just morphs too. Like you know, you can be white but still be black. Like you would see it and you'd be like, dude, you're crazy. So why don't we see it and why do we put up with it? Stop buying these people's books. Stop following them. Stop taking them seriously. They have probably very little of value that someone else that doesn't have this fundamental foundational worldview problem can bring to the table. There's probably much better teachers out there. 
And so when when your worldview is so shaded that you can't that 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 two Indians. I mean, have you ever seen an Indian person? I'm not going to take. I'm not going to say that everyone that listens to me has seen an Indian person before. They're very dark, right? They're very dark. They're obviously not white. And so an Indian to say that an Indian person when they do something bad because Indians just like everybody I mean they're 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 they've they're sinners against God right they're in Adam before they're in Christ just like everybody just like black people by the way they're in Adam before they're in Christ so so if you can say that this obvious non-white suffers from whiteness what you've done is you've replaced sin with a skin color because everyone struggles every evil person struggles with this sin nature and some don't struggle they just have it and they're proud of it some don't struggle but what you've done is you've created a theology where whiteness is the enemy that you need to be saved from whiteness is what christ went to the cross for and so if you have a person who uses whiteness in this way and then well whiteness just evolves whiteness is this whiteness is that and they have a functional uh theology of sin that is fundamentally racist and evil. And so if you have anyone that you follow that, that, that uses whiteness in this way, stop listening to them. You are insane if you continue to listen to them. And that brings me to my next point because you might say, well, that's, that's pretty harsh. You're pun- painting with a broad brush there. That's, that's dangerous. You might, you might really hurt a good uh, follower of Christ, or a good uh, teacher of the Lord just because he uses whiteness in this way. There's a lot of people that use whiteness that are uh, definitely approved by the Gospel Coalition type. And I've, I've gained so much from these people that are teaching me about the sin of whiteness. So, so that's, that's actually kind of discouraging, Adam. That's actually kind of discouraging. And, and here's the thing. You say, well, it's dangerous, Adam. That's dangerous to say something like that. You, you, you got to be more nuanced than that couple things about that. I'm not worried about the danger of me potentially saying something I shouldn't. When, when, when we're facing these big lies, right? When here, and here's what I mean by that. Like you say, well, Adam, it's, it's dangerous to, 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 to maybe speak in these harsh tones and things like that. And I'm saying, okay, so, so let me get this straight, right? So you, you think that I should be worried about how, how dangerous my words are um, against false teaching, but we shouldn't necessarily be worried about how dangerous it is to replace sin with whiteness. That's not something you should be worried about. You see, I, I, I'll say things and people will be like, well, that's dangerous to use that kind of language. We, we talked this week about, uh, about the C word, right? Doug Wilson made, uh, committed the sin of, of using the C word, right? That's dangerous. Uh, that kind of language, that, that can defile you. That can defile you. And, 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 and I just find this so interesting because we're in, we, we live in a culture where where little little boys um, are being sexualized into girls, right? And paraded in front of a bunch of pedophiles and paraded in front of, front of a bunch of perverts, naked perverts, dancing with them and stuff and touching them and giving them money like they're strippers. And, and you're worried about my language. That's, that's the dangerous thing. I don't take that seriously at all. I don't take that seriously at all. I mean, you've got your priorities jacked up. Jacked up. I mean, the language is dangerous, the harshness is dangerous, the critique 
is dangerous. Oh, you might, oh, Adam, you might, uh, you might ruin somebody's faith in Christ because these big leaders are using the term whiteness, and you're gonna, you're gonna undermine them, and they're gonna think, well, if they lied to me about whiteness, maybe they lied to me about the gospel. And here's the thing, guys, I'm not worried about that. I'm not, because I believe in a powerful Savior. You know, if somebody came to Christ because Tim Keller was a smart guy, and then they find out that he's actually not that smart, and he's actually teaching dangerous things, like whiteness is essentially the same thing as sin. I'm not saying Tim Keller's doing that, by the way. I'm just as an example. If that's if, if somebody came to Christ because Tim Keller was smart like Master Yoda, and then they find out he really isn't Master Yoda, I mean, they didn't actually come to Christ if that's what their faith is hinging on. Okay, and so here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. If if my direct speech about what's been going on with these children being sexualized into little girls, if that direct speech pushes someone away from Christ, that, that's not me that's pushing them away from Christ. That's that's actually the truth that's doing it. Like 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 if my direct speech about the the racism of a lot of the social justice warriors out there, Jamar Tisby, Kyle Howard, Ali Henney, Duke Kwan. Like if, if, I, if pointing out their obvious racism is pushing people away from Christ, that's not me pushing them away from Christ. That's the truth that's pushing them away from Christ. Sometimes your words, if you just say the Bible, pushes people away from Christ. I saw somebody criticizing uh, a thing that Doug Wilson put out uh, on baptism. And she, she pulled out a scare quote from this hour-long speech. People like to do that kind of stuff. They'll pull out like one sentence from an hour-long speech uh, and, and say, look, at I can't believe how dangerous this is. I can't believe how dangerous. And the quote that she pulled out was amazing to me, absolutely amazing. The quote said, can you believe Doug Wilson thinks that if one parent of a child is a believer, then that, parent, then that child is holy? Now, most of you in this audience, you know, you guys are you guys are smart. A lot of you in this audience will know that that is almost a direct quote from the Bible. Almost a direct quote. You know, he put it into his own words, but it's almost a direct quote from the Bible. So this person knew her Bible so little that the truth of what the Bible teaches repelled her. I'm not saying she's not a believer, but it re- it repulsed her. This has happened to me before. If you've ever quoted scripture without citing the actual, the verse, you know, the chapter and verse, and somebody says, well, that's stupid. I've, I've had Christians say this kind of thing to me. I remember one time I said that uh, God has consigned all to disobedience so that he might have uh, uh, mercy on, on some um, or on all or something like that. And he said, well, that's stupid. That's like, that's like a doctor poisoning you with, with, uh, with a disease just so he could heal you. And I said, dude, that is a word for word quote from the Bible, right? So like, like, yes, there is a possible way for you to repulse someone just because of your behavior, but oftentimes the truth repulses people. The truth repulses people, and that's not your fault. What did Christ say? He said, if they hated me, they will hate you. What did Christ, I mean, this, this shouldn't surprise us when we point out that you cannot sexualize children. You cannot have perverts in, uh, in, the, uh, in the pulpit. You cannot have uh, sexual degenerates as pastors. Like when you say that kind of stuff and you just say it, you don't nuance it to death and you don't apologize for it. And you're not like, oh, well, it's not God's best for you. Like that's going to repulse people. So be it. So be it. And what you're going to see is, what you're going to see is a lot of people, I'm so discouraged. I'm so discouraged about, 
about this and it's just dividing and division and stuff like that because I said that you know you can't have a gay pastor right like you can't have a, a homosexual pastor who's lusting after men right like that's something that you can't have uh, someone say something like that and well I'm so discouraged about the attitude being displayed stop being discouraged about the, what the Bible teaches grow a pair man I'm so sick of this because I, I say this too from time to time and I hate when I say this I'll see somebody I'll see somebody, uh, you know, uh, not liking what the Bible has to say on something. You know, like, for example, like the, like the Beth Moore go home stuff, right? The Beth Moore go home stuff. What, what John MacArthur said was thoroughly biblical. And so I see a bunch of people pushing back on it. And sometimes they think in my head, well, that's so discouraging, right? Think about what that word means, discouraged. Think about what that word means. Hold on a second. Alexa, what's the definition of discouraged? Discouraged is a form of the verb discourage, which is usually defined as to deprive of courage, hope, or confidence, dishearten, dispirit. Alexa, so stop. To deprive of hope. And so when you say, well, I'm so discouraged by this response, I say this too, guys. I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, uh, to, to, to throw shade anybody's way. I, I've said this too, man. I'm so discouraged that uh, someone I thought was, uh, was a good ally is all of a sudden talking about whiteness. Stop being discouraged by stupid stuff like that. You have, what is your hope in? I'm preaching to myself here. What is your hope in? Is your hope in these men doing what they're supposed to be doing? Is your hope in yourself doing what you're supposed to be doing? Or is your hope in Christ and that word, man? If the word says it, stop apologizing for it. Stop being discouraged when people naturally uh, uh, reject the word because that's what they, that's what they're supposed to do. They're not, they're not, they're not regenerate yet. Oftentimes they're not regenerate yet. And even if they are, you know, they're still fighting the natural man. Like when, when, when the word of God says something clearly and you say it and people don't respond the way you think they should, stop being discouraged. What is your hope in? You've got this book and this book is full of promises and this book is full of truth, right? And sometimes the truth repels people. And that's okay because sometimes that's what it's supposed to do. Sometimes the truth makes people feel ridiculed, makes people feel sad, makes people feel shame. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't shy away from it. Don't be discouraged by that. Don't be discouraged by that. Don't let someone's uh, response that's incorrect rob you of your courage, rob you of your hope. What is your hope in? I'm not saying there's no occasion to use the word discourage, but enough of this stuff, man. Enough of this stuff where I see people tweeting, and I've done this myself. I'm not, again, I'm not excluding myself. It's so discouraging to see all this fighting. No! No! Because in order for this, look, look, the Bible talks about this whole deal as a war, right? You know, put it on the armor of God, right? So why would we be discouraged when sparks fly? Why would we be discouraged when the battle's happening? Because the, when the battle happens, that's when we should have the ultimate confidence in the Lord. Because the Lord is on the move. He's on our side. We're on the side of God. So when the battle comes, though it might be scary, though it might be, we might be nervous, it might fill us with anxiety. Every time I put a video out and I click submit, it fills me with anxiety. And then I see the comments start to come, and I see this, I see the hate start coming my way and stuff like that, and, and I get anxiety. But don't let that rob you of your courage, because as the battles rage, 
that's when the victory is close. That's when the victory is at hand. We have to kick down the doors of Satan. And you don't think, don't think for a second that Satan is just going to let you do it. He's going to fight. But when that fight comes, your victory is that much closer. So stop shying away from the fight like a pansy. Enough of this discouragement. I mean, what is our hope? Especially us post-millennial people and there's fighting going on. Stop with this discouraging nonsense. It's nonsense. Because our hope is in Christ and Christ will be victorious. Anyway, I hope this is helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. 